Welcome to the Word of Life Ministry Wednesday night Bible study via conference call. I am your host, Elder Lorraine Hopkins. Our church is located at 1600 Conley Road in Conley, Georgia, 30288. We invite you to take advantage of our food pantry services on Thursdays between the hours of 10 a.m. and 12 noon and on Saturdays between the hours of noon and 2 p.m. Our weekly conference calls provide a platform for our supporting ministerial staff to share a message of hope and life with the people of God in relation to our church's monthly topic of study. We hope that you enjoy today's service and find something in it that resonates within your heart and drives your love and passion towards our Savior. We also hope that this message enhances your knowledge of God's word and your personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. So sit back, relax, take plenty of notes and enjoy the word. Thank you so much for joining us today. God bless. Praise the Lord, everybody. I do give honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, I consider it quite an honor and a privilege to be back with God's people one more time, uh, just to really see another day. Uh, I give honor to him. Uh, I give honor to our senior pastor, Elder Dr. Shelley D. Bonasek, and to um, all the elders, Elder Hopkins, Elder Brown, Elder Owens, Elder um, Chris, Elder Vesper. And by the way, Elder Chris, I appreciate that word of prayer. Uh, certainly has set the atmosphere. But I give honor to each and every one of you, to our deacons, Deacon Willie Brown, Deacon Charles Chris, Deacon Tommy Green, and to uh, Reverend Moses Blanton, to the ministers, Minister uh, Denise and Minister Shadu, and all the other auxiliaries, it's just, you know, good to hear your voices on this teleconference line. And I must say that I was elated uh, to be on Facebook Live on Sunday. I got a word from the Lord. I felt like I was in the middle, in the middle of the service. It was just awesome. And uh, thank God for technology, <laughs> my Lord. Um, but anyway, I'm going to get right to the word of God. And I count it an honor to just to speak a word on behalf of the Lord. Uh, I would like to go to the book of Matthew, chapter 26. Uh, I know I keep verses, verse 19. I want to start at 17. And it reads, Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master said, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. This God's blessed word, let us pray. Kind Master, our Heavenly Father, we come humbly before your presence. We come with thanksgiving in our heart. For your word say that in all things we are to give thanks. We ask, O oh God, that you continue to allow the Holy Spirit to be in the midst, O oh God, 
Your words say that where two or three are gathered in your name, that you are indeed in the midst. And we're so grateful for that, O Lord. We thank you for this body of believers, O God. And we thank you for continuing to nourish the gifts and talents that are within our Word of Life ministry, O Lord. We thank you for every soul, every family that's connected with our families, O God. And we just thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Now, Lord, it's time to hear a word from heaven. I ask, O God, that I decrease as you increase in me. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. This is exciting to be speaking on uh, the Passover, and Elder Hopkins, you just just set the tone. We thank God for you. Uh, Thank God for everybody that kept uh, Elder Elder Brown and all those on teleconference and our deacons for just keeping the business of God moving forward. Oh, what an awesome uh, uh, witness to that. But um, in, in speaking on the Passover, I was seeking God for just um, a subject. Passover by itself is, most, is powerful enough, but uh, I was seeking God for a subject for our teaching tonight, and um, he, he kind of gave me more than I asked for because he gave me the necessity of the Passover. And then I was just feeling so grateful for the Passover that, you know, grateful for the Passover uh, kind of dropped in my spirit. Um, so um, we, <laughs> we'll we use, I guess, officially the necessity of the Passover followed by grateful for the Passover. Uh, we know that the original Passover in the Old Testament was a memorial of God as he passed over the houses of Israel when he killed the firstborn of uh, man and of beast in Egypt. Um, it, it's not really a memorial of the Israelites' exit out of Egypt, but it certainly was leading up to that. We find in Exodus chapter 12, it says, on that night I will go through, this is the Lord speaking, on that night I will go through the land of Egypt, killing every firstborn male, both human and animal, and punishing all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. (laughs) Is he not, y'all? The blood on the doorpost will be a sign to mark the houses in which you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over from where we get, and that's where we get the term pass over. Now, we're in the New Testament, and we know here that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is preparing for his departure. He's preparing to become the sacrificial lamb for our sins. He's preparing to be crucified. Hallelujah. He's preparing, my God, to be raised from the dead and to be ascended back to the Father because the Word of God tells us that he is seated in heavenly places and he sits at the right hand of God. Um, But we also know 
that this Passover in the New Testament, it, it represents Jesus Christ as being the true Lamb of God. Uh, and we have come to even symbolize that because believers such as you and such as me, we partake of bread and wine. It's supposed to be unleavened bread. That's why and it is unleavened bread. Uh, and we do that in remembrance of the sacrifice of Jesus' tortured, beaten body, his shed blood. And we also realize the necessity of that because his sacrifice makes it possible for the forgiveness of our sins. Hallelujah. We don't need a priest once a year sacrificing an unblemished uh, animal of uh, for our sins. We have the true and the living God. We have the risen Savior that uh, makes it possible that our sins are forgiven. And when we partake of that symbolic process, this Passover of bread and wine, we're simply proclaiming our consistent or continual faith in Jesus Christ's sacrifice for us. In our text, Uh, On this evening, Jesus has given the disciples directions for finding a place where they will observe the the Passover. And uh, we know that he is God that knows all. We don't really know or it doesn't make it clear if, if he had already made prior arrangements. But what I can say is that God's timing is perfect timing. And he already preordained that uh, that the owner of this particular house would be made ready for Jesus and that the disciples would meet there and that they would partake, partake of this Passover meal. Now, it could have been that Jesus had to maintain a certain level of secrecy uh, in terms of where he would go with the disciples because he also understood and knew that the Jewish religious leaders were out to get him. They were out to arrest him, and ultimately they were out to kill him. And so we also know that um, Jesus was on a mission that day. Um, It had to be later in the evening when he would be uh, captured of course, through the actions of Judas, uh, but it would not be before he completed his um, last his assignment with the disciples. He had to spend some time with them. Now, we know that the Passover was the oldest Jewish re- uh, religious feast, um, going back, as I previously stated, uh, in Exodus, my God, hallelujah. And this Passover was a, a, a time or a meal that it took some time to prepare. It wasn't like you just go and start cooking saying we're preparing the Passover meal. Um, it is known by Mosaic law that uh, a lamb had to be chosen and that that lamb was brought home and on, on the 10th of the month and that it would be there until the day it, until the day of Christ's entry and triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Uh, so as Christ Jesus celebrates the Passover with his disciples, 
It marks both an end and a beginning. It marks the fulfillment of the end of the Passover as Jesus, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, becomes the Passover lamb. He becomes the Passover lamb. And it marks the beginning of what we commonly call the Lord's Supper or communion, as we're very familiar with. We know that this is a, a, a symbolic occasion that we normally uh, partake of on the first Sunday and for the month of April, it's going to be Easter Sunday. What a what a what an awesome timing um, this year! But it, uh, it 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 kind of bridges this whole um, passages of scripture. It bridges the history of God's redemption of Israel with the ultimate deliverance through Christ Jesus. And I must. Uh, Perceive that by saying that this was a dynamic symbolism, the history of God's redemption of Israel with the ultimate deliverance through Jesus Christ. And um, as Jesus Christ uh, takes the, the Passover meal, he, 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 he makes a new memorial. That is the memorial that we practice, practice today, and he calls that, the communion, and when we see how important that is, or how spiritually symbolic it is, we should all make sure we are partaking of communion, whether it be the first or the third Sunday of each month. Um, in um, the book of what? Well, no, no. In this same book, I'm sorry. In 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 Matthew's chapter, this chapter twenty six. When you go down to verse 26 through 29, we start seeing or we can visualize specifically what transpired to create this event. Uh, We know that in that scenario, this Passover meal, there were many elements present, but Jesus took two elements, and he took the unleavened bread, and we know what unleavened bread is. That's why we have the prepackaged uh, elements that we partake of. The unleavened unleavened bread, which is bread without yeast, and he took the cup and he gave them a unique new symbolism. Uh, we know that as part of the Passover, the people of Israel would cleanse out their entire house of uh, with leaven because the leaven represented impurity. The uh, unleavened unleavened bread was to be a reminder of the rushed nature, if you will, or the the hurried nature of, of, of the Israelites' departure from Egypt, because when it was time to go, it was time to go. You know, that window of opportunity, as a matter of fact, God has times in our lives when there's a window of opportunity that will open and we must move when that opportunity presents itself. Uh, the Israelites, I'm sure, were quick to move because all they had to do was think about their affliction of uh, uh, during their time of, of uh, uh, during their experience in Egypt. So once you've been suppressed, oppressed, depressed, my God, 
when you see that there's a new godly solution, my Lord, hallelujah, I don't think we would hesitate to move. Oh, my God. But anyway, Jesus, um, in this verse 26, because we've gotten past the fact that Jesus stopped preparing for the Passover, and we're almost in the Passover because we began to see that um, things began to happen in, in verse 26. Hallelujah. And we know that in, in, in um, chapter 26, it says that they were, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Oh, yes, they're dead in the middle of, of, of what we are so familiar with because of our uh, commitment to make sure that we are partaking, my God, of this communion, this covenant, if you will. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 so in verse 6, we saw that Jesus, he took the unleavened bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to the, the disciples. My God. And all we have to do is meditate on what Jesus actually did on on, on that occasion. And I, I think we will see the fulfillment of what we do uh, uh, first Sunday. I'll just say first Sunday. Typically it is of each month. And we should be reminded of, of, of what Jesus did for you and what Jesus did for, for me. His body, he says. And he invites us, those of us who believe him, trust him, follow him, that he, he invites us to partake of his suffering. Hallelujah. So we shouldn't think in the fact that the word of God says the suffering of this present age is not worthy, my God, to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in them who love him them who serve him, my God. As a matter of fact, when we um, see this body, this body through this new bread of affliction and the wine, we can hear the fulfillment of Isaiah in uh, Isaiah 53, which says that surely, we're talking about Jesus now, says surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded by our transgressions. He was crushed by our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. If you're going through any type of affliction in your body, in your mind, or even in your soul, if you could just muster up enough strength to, to give God his word back, where it says that with the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Uh, if you can believe that with me tonight, if you could just ask God to uh, increase your trust in him, your belief, as we go through these life situations, and we will, we know that we have a way of escape. And God says in his word that by the stripes of Jesus, we are 
heal. Now, Jesus, he invites his partakers, the partakers of his body, that he lets us know that we may be, uh, that without this happening, that we will be afflicted by the wrath of God. Because when we, uh, without Jesus, and believe me, we want Jesus on our side. We want to be with him because when we have Jesus, we can identify with him, we can receive him, and we can trust in what he has done. My God. But without Jesus, <laughs> we receive the, his suffering under the wrath of God to bear the punishment for our sins. Those are those people that never say, I I, I, I trust Jesus. I accept him as the Lord and Savior over my life. So you don't have the same, we all don't have equal rights if you choose to go that route or stay in sin, my God. Because with him, my God, he became the sacrifice for the wrath of God. Jesus Christ unblemished, Jesus Christ without sin, Jesus Christ who was perfect, he bore our sins, our transgressions. My God. In fact, he makes us new creations. We know that uh, the word of God said that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And that old things are passed away. And behold, the new has come. Hallelujah. So with that being said, no wonder Jesus said, you do this in remembrance of me. You did do this as a basis of everything concerning the Christian faith, my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he didn't just stop with the bread. He said equally significantly is the cup. Hallelujah. If we were to look in Exodus chapter 6, uh, we would begin to see um, the symbolization of the cup or, 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 or that it kind of um, – aligns with the promises of God. Because in Exodus, it, it says, he says to the uh, people of Israel, and he's saying to you today, and he's saying to me, and he says, uh, he's saying to them, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. But most of all, he says, I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. Mm, music to my soul, y'all. He said, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. No people of God, we're not in Egypt. But yes, people of God, we have some Egyptian situations that we are confronted with throughout this, this life, this present age, our lives. And those Egyptians of life situations may show themselves at any particular time. But I tell you, as I think about, as trouble come our way, oh, God, and will it, or won't it, because it will, I can just 
hear my soul crying out that the that the Lord is speaking through my being, my entire being, through my spirit, for he says, I would take you to be my people, and I will be your God. Hallelujah. And he said, and you will know that I am the Lord your God. And he says he will bring you from out under the burdens of whatever your Egyptian uh, representative is, whatever situation you are confronted with, my God. Hallelujah. And he even says, uh, further he says that, uh, uh, he, he tells them to drink of the cup. He says, all of you that, and, and know that this is the blood of my covenant, who is, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. Jesus' blood, y'all, shed for us that we may be forgiven of our sins as we repent, my God, and that we may uh, enjoy eternal life, my God. Hallelujah. And we just have to always ask him to help us to not backslide, to, to not go back to our wicked ways, to Keep looking and pressing toward the mark of the high calling through Christ Jesus. Because uh, 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 the, the, the word of God, it goes on and it talks about the cup of redemption. And, uh, uh, and, and that's where in Luke chapter 22, verse 20, it says that this cup is poured out for you. It's the new covenant in my blood. And that kind of... Uh, uh, lines up with the fulfillment of Jeremiah 31 where God promised us a new covenant. Guess where it would be written at? That it would be written in our hearts is what the word of God says. And we know that in order for a new covenant to be possible that forgiveness had to happen. So Jesus uh, in various places of the Bible, he links these cups with with uh, various aspects of his soul-saving grace. Because here he's talking about his blood of forgiveness, and he says uh, that this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of this, of sins. Therefore, the Passover meal, y'all, my God, and Christ's atonement for our sins are presented so beautifully in this particular uh, context of Scripture. My God, hallelujah. And we thank him because we understand clearly that we are justified by his grace, which is a gift through, which is a gift to us. What a beautiful, most powerful gift it is, God's grace. And that it all starts through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God put forward, pushed to the forefront. Hallelujah. Destined, predestined, my God. Hallelujah. To be a perpetuation by his blood. And we know about perpetuation. Uh, and I may be saying, saying it wrong, but perpetuation, perpetuation. Because 
we studied that area, and it tells us that that word means something that appeases, and that's what Jesus did. He appeased the just demands of God, God who is holy, that whose sin had violated, and he appeased that demand of God's holiness by paying the price for sin, and therefore God could forgive sin without being unjust. Oh, yes, the Passover, y'all. How significant, how important, my God. Oh, I can't even imagine living this uh, 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 this life for Christ without these series of events that had to take place so that we have, my God, a Savior that we can go to any time. Uh, he's one that never sleeps nor slumbers. He is one that is all-powerful. He is one that responds. As a matter of fact, the word says that his ears are attentive to our prayers. Oh, yeah, the Passover, this awesome event that is initiated in this particular uh, context of Scripture, leading up to, you know, to, to us being free because the Word of God says that who the Son sets free, he's free indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But there is a cup, I want to kind of end with this, that uh, I'll say it remains in the Passover meal and that we haven't talked about, and it is connected, my God, to, to, the, to the statement in Exodus chapter 6, 7 that says, I will take you to be my people, and I know I said that, and I will be your God. And he says, and I tell you, Jesus go on, uh, in, in in verse twenty six twenty nine, he said, "I say unto you that I will not drink hereforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you." Oh, can you imagine yourself, my Lord, with the Lord Jesus Christ? And he said, "In my Father's house." Hallelujah. And therefore, until we get to that point, there's always a doing because. It says, to do this, my God, hallelujah, until the coming of Christ. That is the communion, the partaking of the elements that represent that broken body of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the wine representing the blood, my God, the blood of Jesus that healed thee, the blood of Jesus, my God, hallelujah, that even as we say his name, demons must flee. Hallelujah. So uh, know this, that as we come to a close, that the Lord's Supper uh, connects us to the Passover, and, uh, that, uh, and it connects us to Exodus, and it shows us the beautiful fulfillment of Jesus Christ as the sacrificial lamb. And it announces, y'all, the new coming of the, it announces the coming of the new covenant. And, and, and it proclaims it. We can stand on that promise. We can stand on that word because it proclaims this message of certainty, y'all, until he comes again. 
my God. So, <laughs> spiritually, as the Lord's table, as spiritual as it is and as dynamic it is, we must see beyond or see spiritually how it captures the beauty and the trauma of redemption. Hallelujah. It is a memorial of the past, a time for personal examination, and it is a dynamic symbol, y'all, when we need to come to Christ with the heart of forgiveness and behold the beauty of his of God's redemptive plan. Hallelujah. It it, it allows us the opportunity uh, to even ask ourselves whether or not we have, fled, have we have fled for forgiveness of our sins. Have we abandoned sin and run, are we running to Christ? My God. Hallelujah. It is so symbolizing. Uh, when we think of this whole situation that Jesus Christ, our Lord, went through, even his uh, dying on the cross, as a matter of fact, before he even got to the cross, hallelujah, he talked to God about uh, 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 whether or not there was any other way. He even says that he could call on uh, legions of angels that would get him, I, I think I heard Dr. Boone say that, but they get, that would get him out of this situation. But then he also knew, y'all, that he would be abandoning his plan for coming on this and purpose for coming on this earthly, in this earthly life, that he would be abandoning God's redemption plan, that he would be abandoning, hallelujah, uh, 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 the need for you and the need for me to, 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 to help us, help us uh, in our even in our wicked ways, help us to become these new creatures. He understood that. And so he finally says that not his will, but thy will be done. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. So there are times in our lives that, oh, my God, is Jesus who was a, 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 a made to be flesh, one that didn't know any sin, he was made to be sin. Hallelujah, just so that we could become the righteousness of God. If he did that, y'all, my God, can we continue to flee from sin? Can, can we have even a greater appreci- appreciation of, of, of what transpired, as, uh, not, as, not just as the miracle signs and wonders to Christ Jesus was done on earth, but as he made his way to fulfill the redemptive plan of God. And when we meditate on that, y'all, what we do for Christ is not in vain. We will have eternal life. We will continue to serve the living God. I like to say the true and the living God until he returns, and then we're going home with him. We're going to our heavenly homes where we can sing glory, glory, hallelujah for the rest of our lives, for we can cry out, holy, 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 holy is our God. For we can be relieved of these earthly uh, burdens and uh, weight. Oh, many that come to so easily beset us. We're going to get there, y'all. And I pray that we get there together. 
Heavenly Father, we bless your holy and your righteous name, O God. We thank you for the necessity of the Passover, O God. We understand it clearly, Lord. We are grateful for the Passover, God. Hallelujah. Because it was in your your awesome divine plan, God, for our salvation, O God, for our redemption, O God, and we're forever indebted and grateful to Christ Jesus for doing this for us, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just bless you, God. We ask that all the people under the sound of my voice be blessed, O God, and that the word of God marinate in their soul, that it stir up something within each one of us, O God, so that we can continue to run this race of faith, Lord. Hallelujah. And we just say thank you, Lord. It is in the masculine and most powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, that I pray. Amen. We really hope that you enjoyed today's message and that it was truly a blessing to your soul. We would like to thank you again for tuning in to our podcast. God bless you and have a wonderful day.